Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true, and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood, and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Welcome to Beyond Storybrooke. I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we're here to discuss episode 19 of Once Upon a Time called Sympathy for DeVille, which aired April 19th. 2015. Beyond Storybrooke is brought to you by GoldenSparrowMedia.com. First and foremost, we want to say a big thank you to Karen and Ruthie for subbing for us last week. You two are so amazing. I really enjoyed listening to, I think, the longest episode that we've ever had here on Beyond Storybrooke, and it was entertaining from the start to end. I did stick for the spoilers, which I thought was a great addition to the show. And not only did they add the spoilers at the end, but they gave the whole show a new format that I think is is the best way to go. Yeah. After listening to their show, I thought, hey, we should copy or follow that format. So thanks for giving us that idea. We're kind of going to go along the same same route here. So we're definitely going to stick with the new format. But if you really enjoyed Karen and Ruthie, I highly encourage you to keep following them. And the best way to do that, you can follow them on Twitter and on Golden Spiral Media. We're going to list how you can listen to their show, which Karen does Sleepy Hollow. Ruthie does Walking Dead, which she did bring up. And they have their own Twitters, but I think it's just easier if you just go to the show notes. And that will be over at beyondstorybrook.com under episode 19. That's where you'll find all the links to both Karen and Ruthie. And I believe we have a proposal for them, right? Yes. So... Addie listened to the spoilers. I really don't like to listen to spoilers, but Addie listened to it and she loved that little section. So we want to propose if people want that back to let us know and maybe Ruthie and Karen can come back and do the spoilers for us. Yeah, they have their own section every single time we publish an episode. And if they have spoilers to share with us, they'll come on to the show. So if you really enjoyed that section, it was an added bonus and I really love how they made sure they played the the Don't Touch This uh, there was song. A break. Yeah. yeah, they made sure, hey, if you don't want to listen to this, you got to leave. You know, that's just how it is. And I really love how respectful they are when it came to that. Because uh, mm-hmm. like you, you're not a fan of, of hearing spoilers ahead of time. And um, I just kind of, I liked it. I went with it. And Great I, song choice, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I really encourage um, for you if you want to hear that and have that section a part of our show, let us know and we'll propose it to them to have them come on as an added addition to Beyond Storybrooke. Before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to mention something about last week's episode after hearing Karen Ruthie's podcast. So I was thinking about page 23 and I have a whole theory that maybe that's not Regina on that page. What if it was Zelina who is Regina? Because if you remember Regina's dream... She kind of felt that Zelina was telling her to stay away from Robin. What if they had switched bodies or something? And that page 23 is not supposed to happen. Or that was taken out for a reason because that's not where her happy ending was supposed to be. 
Maybe Zelina took it out of the book. Right. I don't I don't know. It's I think they're intertwined some some way somehow, but when I was listening to that, it kind of dawned on me and I just a what if. Good catch, I think. <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know. It's a good catch. Good theory. But that's what we want to touch. Once again, uh, Karen and Ruthie, you guys rocked the mics last week. And we really Loved appreciate it. you guys hopping on the episode and taking over for us. We were over at New Media Expo. It's a social media um, heavy kind of conference. But I had the opportunity to be on the Once podcast with Daniel J. Lewis, Jenny, and Jeremy. Jenny wasn't on the show that week, but it was both Daniel, I, and Jeremy. And it was really fun. It was a lot of to see another fellow once <laughs> upon a time or once or as they like to say. And he was so kind to invite me on the show. And I had, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, let, let the magics combine. Yes. Let's unite. <laughs> <laughs> so head over to uh, oncepodcast.com. That's where you'll find Daniel J. Lewis's podcast. And I'm sure... You know, you're already a listener because we had a couple conversations and it sounds like we share audiences, which I love to hear because I think we're just sharing the passion where we, do, we don't compete. We're not forces of evil here on the <laughs> podcast. Sphere. One's not the hero and one's not the villain. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no. No, we combine forces because we have a passion for the show. So I highly encourage you guys to check them out. All right, let's dive into this episode and with a... Quick recap. Let's do it. So in Storybrooke, Maleficent faces Cruella to ask about Lily. And when Cruella tells her she left Lily in the woods to die, Maleficent turns into a dragon, but Cruella tells her to sleep. Emma continues to be mad at the Charmings for what they did to Maleficent's baby. Regina wants to go to New York to save Robin and uses Belle to leverage Rumpel not to tell Zelina that she's coming or else Belle's heart will be crushed. Now we go back in time and Isaac, who's also known as the author, wants to do a story on Cruella's mother and her three husbands, but she throws him out. Cruella offers him a story if he can get her out of the attic that she has been trapped in all her life. Isaac gives her an escape and they end up at a club where Cruella tells him that her mother killed her husband and locked her away. Isaac shows Cruella the power of the quill and gives her the power to control any and all animals she desires. They decide to run away together, and while Isaac is waiting for Cruella at the hotel, her mother shows up and tells Isaac that it was Cruella who killed her husbands, and she was locked away to keep everyone safe. When her mother returns, Cruella's there waiting for her, kills her and her dogs, and of course makes a coat out of them. Isaac realizes his quill is missing and that her mother was right. He finds a quill and writes that Cruella can never take a life of another. Back in Storybrooke, Regina, Hook, and Emma search for Henry when Emma comes face-to-face with Cruella, pointing again at him. Emma kills Cruella before Snow and Charming reach her to tell her the truth about Cruella. And that was it in a nutshell. A lot of, I think, important story that we needed to hear once and for all. We keep bringing it up, you know, when are we going to hear Cruella's story? Because that we, we first, off the bat, we start to hear about Maleficent. And then we got quick. <laughs> quick and in and out. Yeah. We, Ursula. Ursula's story came in and out. And there was the lonely um, Dalmatian coated lady there who needed to, we needed to hear her story. And we finally got it. And some may not agree with the episode and some may think it was what's needed. So with that said, let's jump into ratings. 
All right. The first rating is from Chris, who gave it a four out of 10 skinned authors. <laughs> so he kind of mentions it. We go from a high, an awesome episode to this episode and just brings them back down. What do you rate it? I rate it as uh, it was average. I give it around seven, seven and a half martinis. Martini. <laughs> Classy. Yes. <laughs> I rate this episode a 6 out of 10 hair dyes. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into that later. All right, so let's get into the game changer. The game changer. Again, thanks to Karen and Ruthie. They gave us a new format where we bring the game changer to the front. And then we just kind of let everything else just pop out of that game changer. Because this game changer for me, I think and I believe was the moment and you see it in her eyes you see it in how they they've kind of her hair even looks a little messy she looks like she hasn't slept for days and emma's just a mess the evil is starting to come in so (laughs) to speak and she kills corella because she thinks that her son is in danger and she's gonna do what every um, mom's instinct is is to protect their own and uses her power and kills her. So I think that was the game changer for me because you have someone who I think she's always had the potential. She's always been the tougher uh, of the Charmings family. And overall, I think besides Regina, you have Emma as, as just the strong, a very kind of keeps her heart very just, close to her, protective. And along with that protective comes some aggressiveness. And I think this aggressiveness was taken to this extreme level because now her kid's in danger, kills someone who really didn't need to be killed because she didn't have the power to kill. Corella, as we find out, was written, uh, got her powers pretty much taken away when it came to killing or injuring someone. She couldn't do it. So that to me was a game changer. Uh, I will have to disagree, but before I tell you my game changer, what I think it is, I want to touch on some of the things you said, because that that is an important part of the story where Emma does kill Cruella. And you mentioned her eyes, and I was gonna, I wrote that down and said the same thing. Look, they're trying to make her look like she's turning evil, with mm-hmm. red under her eyes, you know, with the glaring look. Um, but a lot of people on Facebook kind of think, well, you know, she's just protecting her child. This is not the moment where she turns dark. This is not going to be the be it, you know, be all end all. Mm -hmm. This is it. I'm turning dark because I killed somebody who, you know, who she thought that she was just protecting her son. Very true. And I've, I've thought of that. I thought of the fact that what makes a person truly evil is it's out of just the pure fun of enjoyment to give somebody a hard time, to kill someone, to injure them or take something away from them, that's being vindictive and that's being a villain. Whereas in, I can see where you're saying, you know what, she was in protection mode. She was in, I'm going to defend my child mode. But at that moment, you think there would have been this thought where I, don't, I just don't kill so now that I'm talking about it, I'm actually thinking about the moment when Snow killed Cora. That was another moment where she didn't really want to kill her, but she did it to defend herself. 
So it goes all, that's, I kind of wrote this down too, Mm -hmm. that a lot of the times when you have a quote unquote hero kill somebody, it's to protect their own. In that sense with Cora, she was doing it to protect herself. They take Maleficent's baby to protect what they thought protect their own child. And then you have Emma killing Cruella to protect her son. Now, they're not all, they're all the same thing, but they're a little bit different. Like how, you know, the circumstance and what goes around them. But it goes to show that one action shouldn't turn somebody completely evil. And it goes back to what you said too, that everybody has some kind of evil, not necessarily evil, but everybody has the ability to turn dark or evil. True. But then there's like, of a, a, a character like Belle. Do you ever see Belle turning dark? She's so sweet. She's always in, she's always has her head on straight. She knows what's good from bad. Hence giving Rumpel ultimatums. Like, you know, I'd love, I know you love your power, but dude, you got to give it up if you want mm-hmm. me. And if you want a true happy future with me, you have to give this, this power up. And as you were talking right now, I was thinking the only the only event that truly makes you instantly evil is the dagger. Yeah, that is true. That is the one thing you become the dark one with that dagger. Yeah, that's an instant. You're evil. You're 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 done. <laughs> yeah, and you, you go back to what you know about Belle. I kind of feel, and you know, maybe I'm not getting enough credit. She. We haven't really seen much of her story except for when it deals with Rumple, but her own story. There's no tragedy, nothing she has to try to protect that we know of. Well, we did get a glimpse of that when um, we had the storyline of Frozen with her father, right. her, her oh, mother. Oh, that's right. We saw wow. a lot of her story. How soon I forget that. <laughs> yeah. Ay, ay, ay. yeah. My bad. We're, we're caught up okay, in okay. the yeah, this you're story right. right now. I'm just caught up in this one, but you're right. Okay, that's... But yeah, there you go. I guess it proves your point, right? Like mm-hmm. that tragic event doesn't make her be- want to be evil. And you you kind of say she doesn't have a dark side. Yeah, we haven't seen really a dark side. I think the only one moment was that mirror that made her kind of evil, the shattered sight spell. Yeah, and I I think you've proved me wrong <laughs> in the <laughs> game changer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're talking about Emma and there's a couple scenes that revolve around her and her being angry with the Charmings. And I think a lot of this, uh, the scene with Hook and Regina walking through the woods and, mm. and, you know, they're trying to convince her to forgive, forgive them, you know, like what everybody's done something. And uh, something funny that kind of stuck out, stuck out to me was when she said, well, this is from a person who had a, who wanted revenge from a 10 year old girl. Yeah. <laughs> and that was pretty funny. I thought that was funny, but it just goes to show that, yeah, you could be the villain and you have Hook and Regina potentially turning themselves around. And I think that Emma held this such a high standard. This is where she's coming from. She held such a high standard for her parents that any wrong they did was all of a sudden so wrong. When in their eyes, they're like, you know, you could forgive them. We've done a lot worse than they did. And I think for her, it also holds the account of not only did you fool me, but you fooled my child. You're your role model to my son, and for you to be lying and, and 
doing this to not only me, you're doing it to us. That was her thing, I think. And so, yeah, I think that was, that's been the huge disappointment. And this whole, this look of just uh, looking really tired has been going on for a couple episodes now. (laughs) So this is why I say it's the game changer. We all never really thought she'd kill or they would write her to kill someone. So I think just the act in itself, yes, maybe it doesn't turn her evil, but the fact that she killed somebody, I think will change the course of who Emma is. It just paints a different picture. Yeah, I could see that. Like kind of opens the door, but you know, it opens a door that's already there that was closed, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Another thing that brings me to this this whole Emma event. The trickery that Rumpel does. <laughs> you think, okay, Regina's ahead of him. Yay, nope. you know. She used, uh, going back to Belle, she used Belle and Belle was willing to say, hey, you know what? Go ahead. Uh, we don't see that scene, but that's pretty much what they tell you by just cutting the scene there. You know, what, can, what do you need me to do? Yeah. Boom. Next thing you know, it's the scene of, of her fooling Rumpel really bad. Give, I have to give it to this guy, this character, for this past two episodes. He all, he got fooled by Zelina <laughs> really bad, the hands of, of Zelina. And then you have here Regina. So at that moment, I was rooting for, yes, you know, screw you, Rumpel. You're such a, a punk. You know, you always get your way. And here they here's this scene trying to look for Henry. He tricks them because he knows if he can get Emma alone with Cruella, she would do the deed. He writes their story. At this point, Rumple is in control of the story now. He is. And I like that scene, too, with Regina and Belle. And, you know, you bring that up and I'm wondering, is it really her heart or is she just playing along? Does she really have her heart? I mean, it's not a big uh revelation or anything like that but i was just wondering when i saw that scene i wonder if that's somebody else's heart or because you know she has a vault with mm-hmm. different hearts so could it, it might might not be bell's heart but bell's just playing along so that you know it's more leverage on that end hmm. that's but because we don't we don't see that part where yeah. she takes it out of her right and i don't i don't think um a part of me think kind of thinks that regina wouldn't do that like it's not necessary. It's not to necessary. Do that. Yeah, just play along with me. I got a heart in my hand. He won't. He won't know the difference if you if you just play along. You bring up Regina and she plans to go to New York. And one scene I like is that you see Emma and Regina come become very close. You know, Emma's very concerned about her going to New York. Obviously, she doesn't go because they have to find Henry. But you know, there's a certain concern there, a certain closeness that they've grown to share this special bond of some sort. Yeah, I th- I think there's still a keep uh, a, I think there's still a possibility of Emma going with Regina because I agree. this was while that while she was about to leave, this is when this whole Henry thing happened, and that kind of changed changed the whole course of even Regina's stay. She stayed to try to help, and that whole event happens. But this is also the part where Regina tells everybody, "Hey." Apparently, it's it hasn't been Marianne. It's been Marion. It's been Zelina the whole time. So mm-hmm. now they're all fair warned that hey, Zelina is still alive. Be cautious. Exactly. 
All right, so that was your game changer, and we kind of yeah, we you kind know, of went into we went into it, which you know, I there was a lot of points that I wanted to make that you brought up too, so that was really good. But my game changer for me is more in the past, where we find out that Cruella is actually the one who kills her fathers, so to speak, and she's locked away for a reason. So we learn that she is pure evil. So pure evil and wants to revel and have fun in the darkness. To me, I think that's a game changer because you have Isaac also, you have Isaac who was completely duped by her. And I also was, when, as I was watching this episode, I was thinking to myself, yeah, what's her story? Oh, how sad she was locked away. Well, what's the backstory? You kind of feel a little bit of sympathy for DeVille. It opened with sympathy for it DeVille. definitely did. But at the end, you have no sympathy whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, she is actually, to me, the definition of a true villain. No remorse, completely evil, revels in the darkness, will do anything to get what she wants. So I'd like to challenge that. Okay. Because... Uh, a lot, a lot of a lot of people challenge it. Yeah, right? a lot of yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, well, actually, I think it's the opposite. People would probably stick with what you're saying. That hey, you know what? This kind of doesn't make sense when it comes to the whole theory of once upon a time because mm-hmm. they say evil is created because of the events or certain things that happen happens in one's life, right? So they'd probably s- stick with you on on some of that, but I think. What we're seeing is not really what we're seeing. Do you get that? Where I think when we're introduced to Corella at this age, okay, mm-hmm. that's key. Maybe there's still a part of her story that we don't know. Yes, I agree completely because there was, there's a big gap mm-hmm. and there wasn't enough backstory. You just get the, the big chunk to me, the game changer part of it, but the big chunk of it. And I agree that there's more to her story. And I say that because uh, you you said specifically we find out that Corella has been evil from the beginning, which I don't believe. I, mm-hmm. I believe the creators and the writers are keeping something from us. Mm-hmm. And we have some some viewers who are kind of upset, like, wait, no, you're going against everything. No, let's let's hold on, I think. I think we should hold on and wait to see what the true story is because we have, for me, I have two questions. What really turned... Corella into such an evil, evil kid. And and this hatred just grows and grows as she gets older. Number two, how did her mother have these powers to control these these dogs? So yeah. something happened within the family where, you know, how does Corella or how does yeah, Corella's mom has has these powers and the capability of doing such thing? We still don't know their complete story. I agree. I, I had the same question too. I thought maybe they were just showing that her mother was a good trainer because she mm-hmm. you 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 really didn't see her use kind of magic or any kind of power. It was more like a training thing, like a whistling or a snapping or whatever she did. And they were just they listened to they her. They were obedient to her commands. Right. To put Corella into the room. It was a lot of the t- a lot of the times to make sure that she put Corella under control. Because every time she tried to escape, guess what? Let me go send my my Dalmatians to find mm-hmm. you and I'll bring you back home where you belong. Right. I think there's definitely more to her story that we haven't seen. And you raised 
good questions. I was just going off of uh, what she... What we're given. What we were given and what she said. She's like, you know, I knew at a very... Her mom, her mom said that she knew at a very young age there was something wrong with her. And she even kind of said it, you know, I knew there was a darkness in me. Why not just have fun with it? Yeah. So, but, you know, there has to be, like you said, some kind of event maybe. We don't know. We, I'm sure that we will see more of that backstory as it connects, hopefully. Mm. Because that was quick. Yeah. I kind of feel like the title should have been Sympathy for Isaac. Right? Yeah. And I, I I have no sympathy for that author. And, but this episode, yes. For for what the story that was revealed to us, I feel for Isaac. And we find out he, that that's his name. Did they yeah. mention his last name, by the way? I didn't get it. No. I, don't I just got Isaac. Yeah, that's all I got. But I think that's how it should have been named, Sympathy for Isaac, because Isaac is just brought into this whole story where I guess he's he's a, he plays off as a newspaper writer, a reporter. I'm sorry, reporter. And he gets played by the mother, then gets played by Corella, then gets played by their whole drama. <laughs> and then now he's stuck in uh, come to Storybrook ages He's kind of caught up in the middle of this whole mess that kind of ties back to Corella. And one thing that that got my attention is Corella was able to steal the pen for a while. That's right. And I was thinking maybe she's the one who gave the pen to Rumple. But then after that fight, he was able to retrieve the pen. So that's another question that comes from this episode. You know, how does Rumple get the pen? But so there's a couple of things surrounding the author and the pen mm-hmm. that I, I kind of have questions on too. So we have the quill, but we don't have the ink. So where's the ink? Because he even tells Rumple that doesn't work without the ink. Yeah, there's an event that happens that Rumple was able to get the pen. The ink is missing, which I thought it all ended up on Corella's hair, which that explains why, why she, she looks like that. Yeah. She's very beautiful without the, I loved, it was, this is like what, the 30s, the 20s? Look. 20s, I believe, yes. 20s, I 20s. Yeah. I love the costume. I love the setting that they did, the whole era. That's that's one of my favorites of the, yeah. you know, Charlie Chaplin, 1920s, the 30s. I love it. So to see finally what causes Corella's image is mm-hmm. her fight against the author, Isaac, and then the ink just pours over her. It was good to see her, like you said, without the costume and the makeup, just the actress. It adds to the so-called sympathy in the beginning because you see a very innocent look. I was just going to say that. She does have an innocent look and the actress, good, great acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she looks like she's harmless. How can you not believe her? And even Isaac was duped by her saying how angelic she looked. He fell in love with her. But, you know, going back to the the quill, so... We have the quill. It's it's like they're doing baby steps. Oh, we need to find the author. Oh, here's the author, but he's not the very good author because he makes his own stories. But he needs the quill. Okay, I got the quill. But where's the ink? You need the ink to make the quill. But on top of that, he kind of made it seem like you need that special paper. Where's the paper? Yeah. So it's like all these little missing pieces that they need in order for him to write stories. He needs a paper? What do you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, he kind of, he mentioned something. I remember um, when he 
took the quill, he need, he needed to find that special paper, that little pad. That's mm-hmm. why he was freaked out when her mom just like threw it out the window. But he has that special paper that he writes on. I think he mentions that to her as he's really? writing down. Yeah, like this is the special paper or, you know, even at the... When they're at dinner. At, when, when they're at dinner, but when at the house, when he finds the pen again, he finds that, pe- you know, that pad. He needs the pad to write in order for it to... I thought it wasn't his pad because it has the dog symbol. I thought that was... Oh, I missed that. Yeah, well, I I believe that's what the symbol was. It's a little dog in the circle, like and, the paw print. No, no, no. Oh, it's just, I know what you mean. The insignia. Yeah, so that's why I thought that was just it was a. a I have to act quick. I'm just going to use any piece of paper, and it kind of looked like it belonged to Corella's family, where he just quickly wrote down. You know, you 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 don't have the ability to kill anybody anymore. I got to rewatch that. I'm pretty sure you mentioned something about that paper. I, you know, I, I'm kind of wrong a lot of the times, but <laughs> I, I think that's what I saw. But uh, I do remember him pulling out that paper and, and when they're at dinner and he's specifically writing on this piece of paper. I do remember the scene when her mother throws it out and he gets very concerned for it. But I don't, I don't know uh, if he's able, if what I saw is right, then why is the paper so important? We just need to find at this point, where's the ink? Yeah, it's a combination. Where's You need the quill, you need the ink, you need the special paper. Yeah. And another thing about the whole author thing, and uh, Rumpel mentions this to Isaac. He, he says, he's like, hey, you need me. You can't kill me. He's like, well, once an author dies, another one's replaced, but I think your replacement wouldn't be so willing so remember I had a, a theory a couple episodes ago that maybe there's more than one author. Well, maybe there's not going to be more than one author. After I heard that, I was like, hey, there goes my theory. But I noticed that there's another another thing there where if he were to die, another one will come. So I don't know if there could be even multiple authors. Did you notice too, though, Isaac was talking to Cruella at the club. He was saying, you know, we're just, there is no time. We're just stories or realms of time, of realms. Time is of no importance. We are in just what you are. What I think he says something along the lines of what you see is just a realm. And so this kind of raises the question of something that we've always kind of questioned, like, the wait, timeline. yeah, the timeline, when is this really taking place at this time and this time? And he pretty much just says, time doesn't matter. And I was hoping, cause I, again, I, I, I love the look. So I, I wanted the show themselves to tell me what era were they trying to portray. Uh, and when he asked her, so like, what's today's date? And she couldn't even think about it. And she, he goes, well, it doesn't matter because we're just in a realm and time is, is of no importance. So with these ha- having these realms, is this why some people get older, some people don't get older? And then... That's a good point. Because everybody <laughs> came from the Enchanted Forest doesn't seem to age. Well, you have like Hook, always handsome for so many years. (laughs) And yeah, that's kind of weird. But um, the history of everybody, they they seem to age and then they don't. And the only ones that you see age is like Henry. (laughs) Really? Yeah. In this this world. Yeah. And that's about it. I want to go to a world where we don't have to age. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And can I just not have any gray hair? (laughs) Too late for me. But I think gray hair still happens in Storybrooke. Hmm. Uh, another thing that is important in this episode 
Another important part of this episode was when Rumple gets so vulnerable because he he's talking to Belle and pretty much pulls his own heart out and shows that my heart is diminishing. And I brought this up on the Once podcast where I, I think, yes, in the real world, because he didn't have his power, he he comes to this very this vulnerability of the real world where I don't have magic to protect me anymore, so I need to be careful. Hence why he gets a heart attack. And it's kind of funny how they say, you know, you just need exercise or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, I mentioned on that show, you know, I think this has come along with him. And he just tells Belle, you know, it's it's what happens when you do so so much evil and so bad to people. This is the consequence. And I only have this little red, red light spot. still mm-hmm. on. But as soon as that's done, I'm done. So... How does this tie into his happy ending? Is he trying to find a way to revive his whole heart together or just leave as maybe this is his time to give up his power? But he wants to make sure certain people have their happy ending, hence Belle. Maybe he can't have Belle, but he's able to give Belle the happy ending she deserves. And that that's his way of giving back to everybody he's ever hurt. And he does the sacrifice mm-hmm. So I don't see that in him. <laughs> I used to believe that and think that he would do that. And then his actions keep uh, his actions yeah. keep speaking louder than my thoughts of him <laughs> trying to be good and thinking he would be good. Yeah. It's kind of like literally karma coming up to ke- catching up to you. You know, you did all these evil deeds, your, tar- your heart's turning black and you got this one speck left. And that's your one saving voice. So with his happy ending... I'm kind of in agreement with you that maybe it is to give up that power. At first, I didn't think so because I know he likes the power, but, you know, to sacrifice his own life and his own heart, I don't know. It's kind of tricky with Rumpel. He's always, to me, one step ahead of everybody. I think there's there's always more than what he says. So even though he says something, I think there's a bigger means to get what his end is, his end game is, that we don't know about until... We're shocked by whatever actions he does. Yeah. And then you have this whole moment where he 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 knows he needs to get the savior to turn evil, which is why he tricks again, he tricks Emma. But is is that really the true story? That's the question. You know does Does Emma have to be Will she have oh, to she turn to be, evil? Yeah. Will, will she turn evil? Is that really the story? Because you have Isaac saying the story ends with the Savior turning dark. And that's pretty much when they run off uh, to go find her. But he confirms that's how the story ends. This is the author who wrote that. But what's dark? <laughs> what's dark? What is there dark? could be mean many things. Literally, she could be in the dark. I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside, probably stretching it a little bit, but <laughs> I'm just I'm just wondering from you have the author speaking of the savior turning dark, you have Rumple pursuing that storyline, and then you have the charmings trying to prevent that storyline. Mm-hmm. So everybody's pretty bought on that story right now. We as the viewer are, are are not too convinced just yet. I think we're kind of resistance, like hence, you know, killing Corella doesn't make her evil. You right. know, what happens now? That's what we're left with. 
Right. Even even the actions you do, I think, don't make you evil. I don't know. Not that I'm saying that out loud. That doesn't make sense. But <laughs> she can think that she's doing something because she's in the right. But would that turn her heart dark? Because she thinks it's the right thing to do. I don't know. It's kind of a confusing, not confusing. It's kind of a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Honestly, but I, you know, like if you don't believe that it's evil, how, your heart's not going to turn evil. So if she thinks she did good by protecting, let's just say, for example, she did right by protecting Henry and killing Cruella. How is that going to make your heart dark if you feel like in your heart you did the right thing to save your son? So, the, okay, I have two questions there. And one will have to come back. I'll, I'll mention it now, but we can answer it later because it's going to kind of, it's going to throw us off track. I know for sure. Then the second one is, is, what's relevant to this episode. So first question that will trail us off, but we'll get to it later is if we have Emma go back to the real world, does that take her away from the possibility of becoming the evil one, the dark one, because she's no longer attached to that realm that, that her evilness is important. Whereas in the real world, it seems like power and, and who they were in the enchanted forest and the realm of Storybrooke doesn't really matter once they're in the real world like New York. So let's mm. take Emma out of Storybrooke and put her into the real world. That way... She doesn't have that ability. Yeah. The possibility a, of her turning evil is done. That's a good... Yeah. Just a question. Again, we'll go to it later. But the question that I feel is important to kind of reflect on or even think about in this episode, and I believe Chris brought this up, and we'll get into his feedback soon, is what is Corella's happy ending? To kill the author, but why? He's the one that got screwed over. And I think it was, I think some of the people kind of commented on that, and I agree with the people who commented. I, I'm not sure who it was. It was Faith, Faith. and uh, I can pull that up in a bit. But I think that's the question that we need to know. You know, what, what's her reason? Well, I think she wanted to get the ability to harm other people back because she enjoyed being evil. So if she, if she kills the author, then she gets that that power back? Or no, she, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I think that's more for revenge if she killed the author. But her happy ending was or is to be able to... Have the free will to do what she wants. Free will to do whatever she wants, even if it is to kill somebody or hurt, harm somebody. Okay, so the commenters were Aaron, uh, and then you have Lady Rags, and then Faith, who were commenting on Chris's feedback, which we'll jump into uh, here in a bit. But I just felt like that that's an important question. Right. Yeah, we don't fully know yet, because I think, like you said, there's probably more to her story we don't know about. And I think once we know that, we could probably see what her real happy ending is. You know, you mentioned Emma becoming dark. And as you were talking, I kind of, kind of came up with something. Okay, let's hear it. And it deals with Rumpel. What if Rumpel's happy ending is, is not to be the dark one anymore? But it's also to make, and it's also, but it's also to turn Emma dark so he can get his happy ending. What's one way to do that without free, without her doing it herself? Her getting stabbed with the dagger and becoming the dark one. Right? Could that be the way that Emma turns dark? Because I don't see her turning dark by her own free will. 
or just being or f- consumed by this this hate of something. Right. So to me, I'm thinking the only way she could possibly turn dark is if she became the dark one. And that would rid Rumple of becoming the dark one, but also turn her evil. And the author can write the happy endings that everybody else wants. <laughs> I know, it just came to me as you're talking. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I had to say that real quick. And I think the author mentioned something along the lines, and I could be wrong, but he said something that he can't just write happy endings. There's a formula to it, or there's certain sequences to how the story is written that he can't just say, okay, uh, here you go, like a prescription. Uh, Rumple, you wanted this? Boom, there you go. Uh, Emma, you want this? Boom. Charmings, you want this? I, I think he kind of alluded to that's just not how it works. So if there's this formula, I think there's a bigger picture that everybody else doesn't know about. They don't know about this formula that needs to happen. And I think I remember what you were saying, and I, uh, I remember the author saying something along those lines. But in everyone's eyes, everybody's after him because they think whatever I write down is going to happen. And we saw that in this episode. Yeah. And then I think we still have to have the um, sorcerer come back. Yeah. What doesn't is the sorcerer, sorcerer? Doesn't he play a big role in who the author is and how the author writes the story? Absolutely. The sorcerer and... That- the Sorcerer and the Apprentice choose the next author. Some people think the Apprentice is the Sorcerer, too. Yeah, we still so, have Because we too. still have never seen the Sorcerer. We, we have no idea. Yeah, we don't. And that, that is a good theory. I, he may be the Sorcerer, just pretending to be the Apprentice. So I heard on the Once podcast that they have announced the end uh, or the season finale. I'm wondering, um, it's only a couple episodes, not a lot left. Will, do you think they'll answer these questions or just kind of go along the, the path they're taking right now? Or they're just kind of throwing all these curveballs at us about, you know, here's this person's storyline. Here's still the Charmings, which kind of doesn't make sense right now, uh, which people are getting annoyed. I am. <laughs> I'm kind of like, whatever. <laughs> um, but I really want these questions to be answered. Like the sorcerer, uh, the hat, the hat is still missing. Um, all these empty, uh, unwritten books, what happens? And here's something meta, so to speak. Um, what is the author's happy ending? Because he, his, to him, they don't get he, one. No. <laughs> <laughs> to him, he wants just a good story. Yeah, he does. But he's messing with fate. Yeah. So I guess let's go into the feedback because a lot of the stuff we meant, fate, free will, yeah. being evil, uh, we have a lot of comments on that. Uh, so let's dive right in. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, who do you want to start with? Let's start with Eliana. Okay. All right, here we go. So Eliana says, Cruella is just cruel and loves being evil. Finally, a villain who is a villain. Going to miss her. The author whose name we learn is Isaac knew Cruella in the past. He liked her, but she didn't. Regina and Hook try, ta- try to talk Emma into forgiving her parents, but wouldn't hear of it. We learn that the author wrote that Cruella couldn't take a life. Oh, Rumple has a wounded heart because of all the evil deeds and only has one red spot. When that's gone, he will die. Maybe because when he was resurrected, he absorbed the previous Dark One's evil deeds, and this is why he's this way. Wow, that ending 
didn't see it coming. Kind of think they jumped the shark right there. But my question is, did the apprentice really take the darkness out of Emma and put it in Lily? Or was it there all along? And Rumpel knew that Henry being in danger would spark that darkness in Emma. She actually makes a good point there. I, you know that whole scene with the apprentice? And I don't think he really took the darkness out of Emma. It was, and he even kind of says it, right? And I think we discussed in the last couple episodes, well, you just steer her in the right way. Yeah, yeah. I think it was more of a plot twist for the author to send the baby away so that other things can happen along the line. Oh, I see. That's a good <clears throat> cover up as, as again, because this is where we find out that the sorcerer knew uh, that the author did that. He said, how dare you make me do that to that child? So maybe that's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorcerer apprentice. Same <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I think that's what he meant by, you know, I didn't do anything to the actual child, but you did make me lose a child into a realm that's not this realm. And now it's it's motherless and now the mother is childless. So I, I, I like that thought right there. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there was really any darkness you could take out to begin with. And I think everybody's been saying the same thing. It's all in everybody to be good or bad. It's this it's about what you do or which way you go, what path you take. Right. All right. So Eliana goes on. My theory is Emma and Lily are yin and yang. They have to balance each other out. So I think last episode, our last podcast, I said that they're intertwined. They go hand in hand, dark and light. And she's kind of, you know, Eliana's saying the same thing. Um, but by balan- balancing each other out, meaning is one good, one bad. Does one have to be good, one bad? Or are they just intertwined, which, you know, we see in the, in the preview that they are intertwined some way, somehow, always will be. And now that you bring uh, Lily up, she was presented to us being a very, uh, very uh, rebel child, always on the run, always having to run away from her stepfather and doing what she wanted because she felt out of place. And this is where you have Emma who kind of, is on that same level with her, except we always saw Emma to be more lighthearted, not so much uh, consumed yeah. with wanting to be a rebel all the time and, right. and be uh, on the run, except she became that person right before she found Storybrooke, mm-hmm. remember? Right. So is this when Lily kind of flips and then Emma flops and then now it's like flip-flopped again? Oh, I see what you're saying. When one's more of the rebel, the other one's a goody-goody. Where one's more doing bad things with robbery. We don't. Well, we don't know what happens to Lily yeah. at that point. And then now we have the balance tipping again, or gonna be tipping maybe with uh, Lily and Emma meeting each other. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I, I see what you're saying, and I do like where it's going. When it be, when it when you look at them as yin and yang. I don't want to give it too much thought because we haven't seen. The Lily yet. episode, which no. we do know is coming. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I think it's the next one. Next week, yeah. I think it's just called Lily or Meet Lily. Something like that. <laughs> but I don't think we should dive into no, it too not much all, because I, I don't want to... We'll take away from next show. Yeah. <laughs> not only yeah, that, not. I, I just don't want to um, possibly spoil anything for anybody. No. And yeah, let's just... Leave it at that. Let's not touch yeah. too much. On I do Lily. want to mention one thing though. Okay. Because I saw Faith's post on Facebook, so I want to just give a shout out about the actress that's playing her. Yeah. 
That's the same thing I saw when they didn't have her name for her. So that's the same actress that I saw too. But anyway, back to Eliana's feedback. One little, a little bit more. So Eliana writes, in my opinion, they're writing the Charmings wrong. Instead of trying to get Emma's forgiveness, they should actually try getting forgiveness from the person they actually wronged, which is Maleficent. Mm. Maybe we see that in the last couple of episodes. I agree with that. I love that. Why get the the forgiveness from Emma? You, they did wrong Maleficent. She, they should be going to her, trying to write her. Well, I think they need to. Um, they need to have those apologies to both with everybody involved. Mm-hmm. They need to really apologize to Emma, which they have, mm-hmm. and then yes, definitely own up to their their wrongdoing to Maleficent, which was kind of interesting, you know. Uh, one of the opening scenes to this episode was Maleficent confronting Corella. Mm-hmm. You know, what happened to my child? And you have Corella just so care. bluntly honest. You yeah. know, I didn't care about the brat. Come on. Do you, you know who I, I am? Yeah, You think I would be a good mother? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't have her. And she pretty much gets upset, but then <laughs> and she falls into the the course of action, so to speak, mm-hmm. of Corella, what she wanted her to do, which become the dragon so that she can control the animal and put her to sleep. So I think that's the part part that maybe Maleficent is too consumed with her anger that they can't approach her. But yeah, I I agree. And I I really love that thought, Eliana, that they should, they should. It's it's kind of... It's not Emma. It's it's Maleficent. Yeah. It's it's covering the true problem here. Mm -hmm. Right. And then Eliana writes, I like what Regina and Hook said, that they did a stupid mistake and they're trying to make up for it by being the best version of themselves. You think she would listen considering they did far more worse. I know they wanted to show if you are a good person and did a bad thing, you can come back from that. I believe so because everyone can do a bad thing. It's what you do afterwards that defines whether you want to continue down the wrong path or the right path. Makes sense. And that's something we've been saying all along. From your actions, you decide. Do you want to go this way or that way? All right. So thank you, Eliana. That was a fun feedback right there. Yep. And let's get into Chris. All right. So here's Chris. I have to say I'm extremely disappointed with this episode. I've been so pumped about this all season and it was a major letdown for me. I did enjoy the twist that Cruella knew the author, but that's pretty much where the good ends, except for Victoria Smurfett's performance. She was as enchanting as ever. I agree with that. She was great in this episode. Mm -hmm. For starters, they didn't even clearly illustrate what Cruella's happy ending was. I guess kill the author, which why? She's the one who screwed him over. This pretty much threw out their own idea about evil being made because Cruella was apparently a little demon from the beginning. (laughs) This episode made me feel absolutely nothing for her. So the episode title makes no sense. The author also confused me. I don't understand what he meant by this place has no time. I wonder is this, if this was like a parallel England. If so, does this open up the possibility for multiple parallel universes? Does every realm have a parallel place with no time? I really hope they explain this better. They're literally making the author a god figure. He can do anything he wants with the pen. This also bothers me. Totally throws out free will and fate. Hmm. There's a lot here that a we lot of good points. Here. Yes, yeah. a lot, a lot of good points. Uh, so the the first one I wanted to mention is 
the whole evil being made that the show, and we kind of touched on it earlier, but so it kind of goes back and forth. Is evil made or is it created from experience? Well, again, we don't really know the full story. I feel that we don't know the full story right. of Just of what they, what they said and what they showed us, mm-hmm. that she was a little demon. Yeah, based on what they showed us, we can believe that, okay, Corella has been evil this whole time. That's the true villain. Yeah. And then I like the comment you made about the title making no sense. And you mentioned it too, Sympathy for Isaac. But that's a, I think it's a playoff a song, Sympathy for the Devil. I think oh. there's a song like that. I'm pretty sure. So it could be a play on that play on, title. Play on that title. And then, you know, you have Deville, De- Devil. Devil, yeah. And then, like I said, the show opens with us having sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. But then that changes quickly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then I, I kind of feel like they tried to, to they tried to drive the sympathy once more at the end where you see the poor Dalmatian Dalmatian cry like a that little was more weep. sympathy for the dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you know, Pongo's everyone's dog in Storybrook. I want Pongo. <laughs> Pongo's so cute. But yeah, the title is a little funny. And then okay, the parallel universes. What does he mean by um I wonder is this like the parallel England. What does he mean by that sentence? Like a parallel England. So he's wondering that if nothing has no time, does that mean, does it open up the possibility of other realms and universes, like a parallel universe? So could this episode or that section of time be a parallel universe to England? It's a theory too, because I, I, I always thought that there was other realms, but a parallel universe little different where you know you and i had the same question about this heavy when he said he, there there is no time i mean are we reading too much into that or i don't know it, it is a little tricky because we know there's arendelle which is kind of connected to one realm the enchanted forest realm i believe mm-hmm. i'm not so sure mm, yeah. and then you have um you neverland ha- wonderland ne- mm-hmm. under the sea yeah well, I, mean, I think Under the Sea is a little different. Yeah, I'm just no. saying that. I'm just throwing that. It is a little tricky. Again, this is where these this, these questions stem yeah, up from. Yeah. We have Storybrooke. We have the real world, where I think that in itself is kind of a realm because once they pass this line... It's the real world, like yeah. our world. Yeah. So it's, it's tricky. What do these realms mean? Mm-hmm. And then the comment about being a God figure... I, I, you know, that does kind of bother me too. I mean, not to the extent of Chris, but it does throw out free will and fate. If he can write anything on that piece of paper, then what you you're gonna have to do it, even though you don't want to do it, or is you're just messing with what fate's supposed to bring? So that brings up the question, like uh, along with that, you have Emma, which was tra- kind of resistant towards falling in love with Hook. But was that written in their storyline or is it just evolved into that? Well, that goes back to the question, too, that I had. Like, if the author was trapped in the book, who was writing their stories from then on? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Chris continues. Emma, I'm pretty disturbed by Emma right now. Everyone is telling her she should forgive her parents and she just refuses, even after she so easily forgave Hook and Regina as they even pointed out to her. 
And then there's the ending. I absolutely hate this. Emma killed Cruella to protect Henry. She didn't know that Cruella couldn't hurt him. Cruella was screaming that she would kill him. I find this very stupid to be the thing that turns to her that turns her dark. Just another reason why I don't like this episode. <laughs> yeah, we kind of dive into that too. Um, is this the thing that's supposed to make her dark? I don't think so. I think they're still working on her becoming dark, and it's like baby steps that they're trying to show. Yeah, her actions. Yeah, because if you take a look at Let's take Regina, for example. She didn't turn evil instantly. It was event after Mm -hmm. event after event that built. And then she took it upon herself to work with Rumpel to say, hey, teach me these evil powers. Then she met Maleficent. So, again, step by step. So maybe this is one that kind of we're left with. Is this what makes her evil? Dun, dun, dun. No, maybe not. So... I don't I don't I don't think we should jump to conclusions yet. Yeah, right. And then Chris goes on to say, the charmings, oh my, how I can't stand the charmings right now. I don't think anybody can. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> I understand making mistakes. That makes us human, but to me, part of what makes a hero is repenting of those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Snowing is not doing this. Exactly. Yeah. They just keep trying to justify themselves to Emma. Exactly. Not asking for forgiveness, just trying to justify everything. And they should be going to Maleficent asking for forgiveness, but that's not happening. And we see that in the past too. Sorry to cut you off there. Mm-hmm. But in the past where when they stole uh, Lily, the egg. Yeah, they're still and trying then they to justify lost it. The egg, yeah. And then you have this scene where uh, Charming's like, you know, what we need to do from here on out is just be good. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that makes up for us instead of, Going to Maleficent and saying we we had promised to bring you your child and we never did. Like I feel We're that they never went back to her. Yeah, no, they no. never went back to her and apologized that she just lost her kid, and that's the worst thing that you can do. So they've they've done Maleficent wrong on so many ways that they haven't owned up to it yet. And mm-hmm. I think this is the consequence of them not taking action on being apologetic and being sincere about. We screwed up. We're sorry. How can we make this up to you? Obviously, you can't, but yeah. Yeah, sometimes it takes a hero to just swallow their pride and apologize. And so far, they've been snooty. (laughs) They have not been doing that. Okay, so Chris writes on, it's one of the more frustrating elements I've seen in this show in a while. I really miss the snowing of season one. So do I. Rumpel and Belle. I felt for Rumpel. He really does love Belle. He can't just see past his power. It was heartbreaking when Belle made the comment about Will. Thankfully, it was Regina talking. I wonder if Belle gave her heart willingly. I didn't enjoy seeing Regina like this again. I hope she's not reverting. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on the same page with the heart. I think she is just playing along. And um, I really don't think Regina's reverting at all. She's just trying. I mean, she went to Belle. If she was reverting, I think she would just take her heart and do it. But she went to her and said, well, I'm glad you asked what you could help with. This is my plan. And then last but not least, overall, such a poor episode. Most of the writing seemed jumbled and didn't really make sense. The M arc has become terrible. Snow and Charming just suck. And Cruella's backstory left much to be desired. They didn't even tell us how she got to the Enchanted Forest. The more I write, the more I hate it. Victoria Smurfit's acting is really the only saving grace. 
four out of ten skin authors. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he makes a good point too. How did she get into the Enchanted Forest? We don't even know that either. That's so I, true. Like again, this they showed a snippet, but I think there's more to it. Even though she's dead, there's a lot of backstory we don't know. And I want to mention, uh, Chris, you seem to have struck a good chord there. You Absolutely. have quite a few uh, comments there from Faith Irwin and Lady Rags. And um, I was just kind of hooked on his post as well, just kind of reading the whole thing. Uh, so thank you, um, Chris, Eliana, Lady Rags, uh, Aaron, and, and Faith for always chiming in there and giving us your feedback. And we want to make a special shout out to Justina. We don't hear Justina this week. But we did hear her last week, and we hope you're doing well. It sounded like you had a cold. Not sure yeah, what's going on. It sounded on. like she was kind of losing her voice, but there's another true fan still willing to put in her, her, yeah, feedback. her feedback. So yeah. thank you. Thank you to everybody and for all the comments on Facebook and everybody's feedback and input. We love it. We love, you know, we love to see it more. And the group is growing day by yes. day. I'm, I'm getting multiple requests to join the group, and, and I love it. We will try to become more involved. I will try to become more involved, involved <laughs> with it. I've been very lacking, and I apologize. On Twitter? Also on Twitter. I mean, uh, Karen and Ruthie said our Twitter. Yeah, our Twitter is very lonely. And <clears throat> I, I think, <laughs> well, you know what? I think that we more, we gravitate what we're comfortable with, and... It seems like our audience is there in the Facebook group. So mm-hmm. why try to uh, kind of stem out of what's already working for us? Like I, yeah. I prefer the, the group, but Twitter is also fun. So if you want to join us there, it's um, so once upon a time abbreviated GSM. And if you don't want to remember all the links, uh, which is why I like to say just go to beyondstorybrook.com and you'll have the links to everything, our Facebook group, how to send us your feedback, whether it's voicemail, written, comments, it's all there. Uh, how you can find us on social media. If you want to follow me, Trina, or Karen and Ruthie, everything will be there. Um, so we're just so grateful for all the feedback that we always get. We actually have a, a fun, engaging uh, community. And I really love that we respect one another. And that's one thing that I always have um, as a guideline the second someone starts to disrespect somebody, I'm sorry, you're out. I, I don't, I won't tolerate that. And I have it in the group where it says, you know, the second someone starts to disrespect somebody, you're out and let's leave the evilness to the show. Let's not bring it in to our community. So let's kind of keep mindful of that. Um, but thank you so much for the feedback. And this is where I like to say once more, we're getting close to the end of wrapping this whole episode up. But if you enjoyed the spoilers, please let us know. Give us your feedback. Even give a shout out to both Karen and Ruthie on Twitter and say, we missed the spoilers. You know, are you guys willing to jump back onto the show? And it'll just be a specific segment that they do. And maybe with that fun music to go along with it. That's right. Because <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. But let us know because we don't want to add something that maybe... Um, you're not too keen on, on the spoilers. I like to hear them. I like to be uh, aware of them. And I, I like to see, I saw that, I believe it was Karen. I want to say Karen that posted in the group another spoiler for next week or yes, something. Yes, it was Karen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let us know. We're always open to what you're into. <laughs> Remember, you can find us on beyondstoryabrook.com and all our episodes are there. And we're brought to you by goldenspiralmedia.com. We have a lot, a lot of 
shows like The Walking Dead and Sleepy Hollow, Gotham, Arrow Squad, which a lot of our shows were nominated for the podcast awards. And that's thankful to you, our listeners. We really appreciate it. But once again, we're brought to you by GoldenSparrowMedia.com. If you love what you're hearing, please hit the Patreon button and support us that way. That's how we keep this show going. Until next week. Thanks for listening.